I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 107 of the podcast. Happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and hammer that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, I hope you enjoyed your weekend out there. The greatest rivalry in all of sports, in my opinion, the Army-Navy game was played on Saturday with Army winning the contest. And it just so happens that my guest today is a former member of the United States Army. He was a former Green Beret, to be exact. It is an honor to have Evan Hafer joining me today. He is also a hugely successful entrepreneur who founded Black Rifle Coffee. So please stick around for the interview. I've had the honor of speaking with quite a few members of our special forces, and last weekend it was so humbling to get a chance to really spend the whole weekend with former Navy SEALs Jason Redman and Ray Kerr, uh, who have an awesome podcast of their own, by the way, JR Overcome Show. you got to check that one out. But it was something that Jason Redman said during his presentation at the Conclave of Warriors that really hit home with me. He talked about perspective and described the event in which he was shot in the face and just about everywhere else during a fierce firefight in Iraq. And as he was lying there waiting for his teammates to win the battle so that they can come and rescue him, uh, he wasn't thinking about how much money he had in his savings account. He wasn't thinking about how much money he had left to pay off on his mortgage, or he wasn't thinking about the awesome truck that he loved to drive or any of his material things. He thought immediately about his wife and his three children. And and believe me, he delivered this message in in a far more uh, commanding and dramatic way, but... Uh, as we approach Christmas time here, my favorite Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, delivers that same message that, yes, money is important, uh, your job is important, but when faced with your own mortality, it is our family and our children that really matter the most. And I think with all the distractions that are going on, it can be easy to lose sight of that, especially for our young men and women who are just coming out of high school or out of college right now. They're getting the message that, You must build a powerful career. You must make a ton of money if you want any chance to enjoy life. And they're being told to hold off on starting a family. That's something you could pursue later on down the line, if at all. And I believe we're doing them a big disservice because in my life, I am yet to see a hearse that's being followed by a U-Haul truck filled with all the money and accomplishments and material things that you accumulated in your life. But I always see the hearse being followed by family members that are filled with the memories of how you made them feel. Uh, So there's no better time than the Christmas season to get a little bit better perspective on life. And Jason Redmond did that for me. So um, I got to say thank you to him and thank you to you guys for continuing to listen and support the podcast here. And I would like to ask you guys if you could do me a huge favor and just take a second to drop me a review over on iTunes if you have not done so already, because it will definitely go a long way to help me out here. Um, It doesn't have to be anything fancy, nothing special, just a quick one-sentence review will do the trick. And thank you to the many of you out there who already have done so. I'm doing my best here to bring you guys some valuable content in each and every episode. I'll be throwing in a couple of surprises here before Christmas. I have my youngest son's birthday tomorrow. He'll be eight years old. I have my wife's birthday coming up next week. She'll be a little bit older than that. Um, So it's a busy time of the year for me. I know it's a busy time of the year for you as well. So let's have some fun here and celebrate fatherhood. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here on the podcast. So right now I'm going to smack you guys with a quick little spot. I'll be back on the other side with former Green Beret Evan Hafer. 
I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a first class father. He is a former Green Beret with more than 20 years of military experience. He found huge success off the battlefield as an entrepreneur and a businessman who founded Black Rifle Coffee, which roasts over a million pounds of coffee each year and is grossing over $30 million annually. It is a great honor for me to say, Evan Hafer, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, let's do this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I got two little girls. One is almost five here in a few days and one is a year and a half. Awesome. All right. I know they're young, but are, are they involved in any uh, sports or activities yet? Yeah. 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 We, well, I mean, the, uh, the year and a half year old, she's, she's, uh, not quite in sports yet, but the, the five year old, yeah, she's, uh, she's in soccer or horseback riding, uh, archery, you know, as much as they can be. And she's just now turning five. So, uh, she's definitely out there doing what her, what she does. Very cool. Now, uh, are you coaching the soccer team, or are you cheering her on from the sideline? No, I don't. I don't get a chance to coach the soccer team. I'm, I'm more of the archery coach and the uh, the individual sports coach, not the team team sports guy. All right, Evan. Please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay. Yeah, my name's uh, Evan Hafer. I, I run a company called Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, before that, I, I was in the military for several years. I worked for the CIA for several years, so I've got kind of a diversified background. But we've got about 133 employees now uh, across <clears throat> Nashville, Tennessee, Salt Lake City, Utah, and San Antonio, Texas. Okay, now were you still serving when you became a dad, or, or did you leave the military and then become a father? Um. Well... I was in the the uh, National Guard for several years uh, later in my career, so I was still in serving, and then uh, I was still in and working at the agency, so I was working at the agency and in the National Guard, so I was classified out as government service and fatherhood, yep. All right. Yeah, I only ask because I'm interested in hearing the difference between serving as a single guy as opposed to serving as a father. Uh, most, well, all my deployments were were all while I, I was not a father. Uh, I waited until after most of my deployments were done, and I was kind of on the on my way out of military service, and then I worked in more of a paramilitary capacity at the CIA. Um, and but I waited till I was ready to transition out of a life of carrying a rifle for a living to a life of roasting coffee before I had kids. Well, one way or the other, I thank you for serving, and I love what your company, Black Rifle Coffee, stands for and how it pushes back against political correctness. But what are some of the challenges of running such a successful business like yours with so many, you know, a ton of moving parts while being a father? 
Well, I think the biggest challenge is uh, the time that it takes uh, to run a company and also be present within your the lives of your family. So it's not just your children, it's your wife, right? So you have all these buckets of time and you've got your business bucket, you've got uh, your kids bucket, then you've got your wife bucket, and then you've got you, right? So that oftentimes feels like you're being drawn and quartered between time and uh, all the things that you want to do. Um, so I think the balancing act of priorities and understanding how you you prioritize your time and and really try to to be present within your the lives of your children because there's 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 being there but then there's also being engaged and being present right so two totally different things uh you can be there but if you're just kind of on your phone and zoned out uh that's not really engaging you're not experiencing your children so i've tried to really focus on uh, disconnecting from the business and trying to connect back in with my children when I'm there. Um, I'm not saying I do it to, you know, 100% accuracy, but I at least have, have made it a priority definitely in the last uh, two and a half, three, three years to make it a disconnect from the office and connect in with the family. Yeah, because I know that could be a deterrent as well. I love to ask all of you successful entrepreneurs that I get on the show, what advice do you have for the dad out there who has a dream or, or a business idea that he wants to start, but he's afraid of failing, not for himself, but he's afraid of failing for his family and doesn't want to let them down. Uh, so he's afraid of taking that first step. What do you say to those dads? Um, well, I think we, we'd have to break that into a couple different significant issues. One is you know, fear and uh, living life with with fear is is something that I think every person will will encounter. But the the job of being a, a a competent father, I think, is addressing conquering fear and and teaching your children that uh, to that that chivalry isn't dead, right? That honor, integrity, hard work. And living life with with general courage is the job of of any parent because you're building a a template for your children to follow. So the advice that I would say is, you know, think about the precedent that you want to establish for your children, and would you rather have your children see you conquer fear and work through? the most challenging aspects of life, which would be providing for them, and then having your team, meaning your family, pull together in order to conquer the circumstances. Because ultimately you will. I mean, most guys that are starting businesses uh, are are not ending up on the street. Uh, some, don't get me wrong, I've, I got really lean for several <laughs> several portions of this, but at no point in time was was I going to have to move my, my family into the car, right? So I think you have to live your life by conquering fear. I think you have to be the lead-by-example parent, which is I want my kids to know that uh, I'm their their father, their provider, and, and I also want to establish a precedent for them to follow. 
Yeah, well said. All right, I know special forces require you to be a very disciplined person, but how are you as the father of two little girls when it comes to uh, implementing any kind of discipline with them? Um, you know, they're, they're so young at this point, and don't get me wrong, there is discipline, but I think discipline is, comes through structure. And uh, my five-year-old is a really good example. You know, we concentrate very heavily on established routines, uh, and those established routines create repetition. Through repetition, they, there's, there's structure. And she lives within those, those guardrails, but, you know, kids need to be kids, right? So, uh, when it comes to discipline, a lot of discipline comes from the parents being active participants in creating structure for their children versus uh, expecting children to abide by structure that they've never created. So that's something that um, I'm very present with in the sense of there's not really a ton of discipline that needs to be handed out in my household because they know the rules. And my one-year, my my one-year-old, of course, like <laughs> she's she's not really abiding by too many rules. But <laughs> my five-year-old knows the structure of the household, what's acceptable within, you know, her level of understanding and, you know, discipline as far as the household, I think there's a significant difference between training a a soldier to, to, you know, overthrow a country and raising a five-year-old too. So with discipline and handing out discipline, most of this is I have very introspective conversations with myself about how to parent more effectively and have better forms of communication with my daughter uh, than actually enforcing, I think, and I think a lot of discipline would be defined in different ways, you know, punishment typically. Uh, but we don't, we don't typically do a lot of that. There just isn't really a need for it. All right, I'll use that to kind of segue into my next question here. And one thing I talk about on the podcast quite a bit is it, it seems like to me that there is an attack in this country on the family life, fatherhood especially. So I think it's very important to hear from successful men like yourself speaking about fatherhood. So how has becoming a dad changed your perspective on life? Well, first, I think I would agree. I think there's this general perception that fathers are just kind of adults, right? And, you know, I think that's run through like, popular culture and you know it's 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 funny to pick on the the dad most of the time the uh you know the the matriarchal figure in the family is kind of uh preserved and this isn't a war between them or us it's just a matter of like it's pretty easy just to make fun of the father but um and from my perspective you know my life as a father i take that duty very very uh I, I take that challenge up in 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 a, in a lot of with a lot of vigor and it's it's number one priority in my life you know the business has to exist because it has to pay for you know my my rent and <laughs> when i say that you know my our house and our groceries and things like that and it has to you know provide the lifestyle that we want but it's all for the family and uh, I take that job very seriously, and they're they're very they're very uh, synergistic. The more successful I am as a businessman, um, the more successful I will be as a father because 
This is building a team and executing a plan. It's discipline. There's a lot of different things that directly translate into the family. And uh, I think of my business a lot as a family. So I think the business has made me a better father. Uh, and being a good father or trying to be a good father has made me a better businessman. So I, I, I'd say they're, they're equally as important. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Awesome. Okay, I know that you're a big supporter of the Second Amendment, and it's so disheartening that every time that there's a shooting, all we hear about is a call for gun control. Uh, But I really think that if the cry was louder for family support, if we put the focus on portraying family life in a better way and started to nurture our family units back to being our top priority, most of the problems that we're seeing in this country would really start to evaporate. So let me ask you, if you have not done so already, what, what is a good time to introduce guns and gun safety to your kids? Uh, I, I think as early as possible. You know, I have I have firearms in my house. And when I say this, like, I have, you know, I have firearms around at all times. I carry a gun every day. Uh, I carry one on me most days, uh, you know, to and from the office, inside the office. Uh, I take the, the, the Second Amendment very seriously. Um, you know, my I say, you know, I am a proponent of the Second Amendment. You know, more than that, on self-reliance. Um, you know, being able to, being able to preserve, protect our way of life and protect your family is, is a very important charter. And so for me, I've introduced firearms into my home just based on the fact that they're there all the time. Uh, and my daughter's, even at my daughter's age right now at a year and a half, uh, she's not tall enough to access anything. Uh, but she sees them. She knows that she's she's not uh, she's it's not okay for her to touch them at this point. And uh, and then my four five year old she's getting ready to be five really soon. Um, she's very familiar with firearms, and she's familiar with she's got a little airsoft uh, pistol that I build in proper weapons handling techniques. And I started that with her as soon as she was able to quite literally pick the pistol up. And uh, I want her to understand how to correctly handle a firearm. Uh, but more importantly, at this age, you know, if she if she so happens to, you know, walk into my office, my office is separate from uh, my house, and I happen to be in the bathroom and there's one on the counter, what is she what is she gonna do? And or if it's in my briefcase and it's it's you know, what is she going to do if she finds it? And I think it's something that even though ninety nine point nine percent we would never let that happen, but I train also for contingencies. So I want her to be prepared to know what to do and more importantly to not be even interested in it because she just knows it's daddy's and I'm not supposed to touch it. Uh, and as soon as she's, as soon as she is ready to shoot, she'll be shooting. Uh, I want to say when she's ready to shoot a pistol, pistols are more difficult. She's already shot rifle. 
what about Evan uh, for the father out there who's not necessarily against the Second Amendment, but he's never shot a gun, he doesn't own guns, you know, he just doesn't necessarily like guns. How does he go about trying to teach or instill some type of gun safety to his kids so that if they go over to somebody's house or the neighbor's house that does own guns, you know, he'll know what to do? What would you suggest for a dad that's in that situation to do? Boy, I'll tell you, that is a, that is a great question. My wife and I were literally just having this conversation. Um you know, the parents that don't have firearms, but they go to, their kids go to, you know, other homes in the neighborhood. And you know what? It's, 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 you know, the reality is, is that everybody doesn't lock away their firearms. And, uh, I think that it's really important to train your kids on the lethality of, of firearms. And, you know, if a kid does just like a stop, drop and roll for a fire, if you see a firearm, obviously in another home or another ch- child has a firearm, uh, I think it's perfectly acceptable to, to teach your kids how to get out of the home, uh, you know, and, and, and identify an adult, but they need to remove their self, themselves from the situation. It's, it's, it is something that happens. You know, when I was growing up, uh, in Idaho, in rural Idaho, where population was, uh, less than 20,000 in my city, my next door neighbor, and this is a, 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 you know, not a long story, but I was seven years old and my next door neighbor was shot. He was, he was my same age. He was shot in the belly with a 22 by the other neighbor. And the neighbor's kid was two. And they pulled the 22 from out under, from under the, um, pickup seat and he shot the neighbor kid. And, you know, I think in that circumstance, it would have been very difficult for that kid to get out of the, the pickup at that point, but, um, shot him in the stomach. And then we had another kid who was shot and killed, I think three or four years later by, uh, you know, another kid who was 10 years old. That's in a very rural part of the United States. These things happen. These accidents do happen. I think you have to train your kids to remove themselves from the from um, from the actual area of the firearm, and then more importantly, to understand uh, what to do if they have to handle one. You know, move it from point A to point B. Very cool. All right, take a minute here to tell me about Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, you've had some tremendous success, but uh, what's next? What are your goals for the company moving forward? Well. Well, big goals for the company this year. We've been able to do a lot this year. Our goals this year, we moved our company headquarters from Utah to Texas, but we maintain uh, some of our coffee roasting in Utah. Uh, we expanded more coffee roasting in Tennessee. Uh, so next year, we're really focused on bricks and mortar. Uh, so we're going to start building coffee shops here in San Antonio. And we're uh we're eventually going to try to take the company public so that's our goals when we look in the next three years uh we'll take the company public so hopefully we'll have the option for people to buy black rifle stock and uh we'll have probably 30 to 50 coffee shops by then so awesome we're uh we're moving and shaking man we're we're uh we're, we're doing really well and the great thing is the company is just a great company. They're they're great people. All right. Instead of uh, baristas, are you calling them bandoliers, or, or what, what? What are you calling them? Yeah, baristas. That's what I'm going to call them. Baristas. <laughs> it's going 
going to feel like a bar, but we're going to serve you coffee. All right. Are you going for the boy here, or are you guys all done? Two's the number. No, we're done. We're done. Uh, we're we're yeah, two and done. You know, we're we're really happy with the girls, and my wife and I were older when we started having children, so we're we're done. Two, two and done. All right. I'm going to put a link in the description of this podcast episode. Uh, which is the best one for Black Rifle Coffee for my listeners to to tap it and go check it out? I uh, just uh, BlackRifleCoffee.com. It's a uh, you know we we roast everything as. It's the freshest com- it's the freshest coffee you can buy in America. So it's literally roast to order, and we roast most of it and ship it out to the customer within three to four days. Which the coffee, if anybody knows anything about coffee, it's not even done off gassing by that time. So we really pride ourselves on our product, and we we guarantee the freshness. Awesome. All right, I'm going to hit you with one more question here. I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um, you know, you always have to remember love and patience. You know, I think if that's your mantra every day when, when you re-encourage and visualize yourself as the best father you can be, and reinforce those two things, love and patience. I don't think you can go wrong if you're reinforcing those two things every day. It's really going to be hard to mess up. Beautiful. I love the message. Uh, I have to say, Evan Hafer, thank you so much uh, for your service. Thank you for what you're doing. I know you're helping a ton of veterans out there. And really, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it a lot. All right. I'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. Got to give a special thank you once again to Evan Hafer for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was awesome. Please get on over to Twitter. Drop me a DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. And please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes. Drop me a rating and a review over there. It will go a long way to help me bring you guys the best podcast possible. Bring it back here on Wednesday for episode 108. I will be joined by legendary New York radio host Sid Rosenberg, who is currently hosting Bernie and Sid in the Morning in New York on uh, WABC 770. Uh, He's a legendary sportscaster, so please, you don't want to miss that interview. And then on Friday, I will be joined here by Trent Shelton, former NFL player and a guy who's got a ton of followers on Instagram and Twitter. He's got a huge social media presence, and he has got an even better message. So you do not want to miss out on episodes 108. 109 coming your way. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.